0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. I wanted everybody to um, look at the description and subscribe. That is what I want you to do before I start talking because I have so many extra episodes and it'll be awesome for you to have access to all of the paid episodes. Um, And also that really motivates me to keep on recording all these free episodes. (laughs) So do that now. And then we can move on to our topic that's um, for today on the docket is why do people with good lives uh, that seem like they ought to be happy, why do those people suffer from depression sometimes, right? Right. So I got this question in my uh, Facebook page and somebody said, why if somebody has a good life with uh, whatever they want, you know, family, supportive family, good job, whatever, why can those people be depressed? And, you know, working in my field, sometimes you're not sure what, um, you know, like, how people even think about depression or things like that anymore. To me, it's so obvious in my field that I work with so many people all the time that have great lives and suffer from depression, I'm great ostensibly from the outside. I forget that that same uh, idea to many people is is surprising or confusing. So I wanted to explain why people do suffer from depression and why it transcends uh, what sort of life you you seem to have so like everything depression and by the way you could also insert anxiety here or any um anything, borderline personality, re- really any, any issue at all, PTSD, people understand more PTSD comes from trauma. But um, in, even with PTSD, there are genetic loadings. So there's, you know, that are going to make you more uh, likely to get PTSD from any trauma. So everything is nature and nurture. Everything is both nature and nurture. You come into this world with your DNA and that is coded for predispositions to certain Uh, issues that your parents struggled with, you know, your parents or the generation before. But most often you don't really have to go further than your parents to see why you may have a genetic predisposition for certain things. In fact, the length of time that babies spend crying after they get their heel prick to take their blood as a newborn baby in the hospital um, predicts whether they're going to be depressed at age 18. That's a study that I read some years ago that was very interesting. Literally, the baby comes out of the womb and is already uh, predisposed to cry a lot or not in response to the heel prick, the needle, and if the ones who cry longer and are less readily soothed are likelier to be depressed later on. They just have that genetic loading for depression, and that there, there's really nothing that you could do about that. So environment... Uh, is is extremely important too. But frequently, the best environment in the world cannot make up for what you're genetically predisposed to have. So if you have two depressed parents, let's say, and then you're adopted away into a family of um, extremely laid back, loving, nurturing people, there is still a chance that you're going to end up with depression down the line because you are genetically predisposed toward depression. Now, because environment can have a moderating influence, you are maybe less likely to have depression and the, and or the depression would be less severe than if you had remained in this hypothetical situation being raised by two parents who are both extremely depressed. So, What happens, by the way, most people are not adopted away. We know a lot of our, um, we have a lot of our knowledge about nature versus nurture and the relative importance of each from twin studies where uh, identical twins are adopted away into different families. I actually just uh, saw that there are interesting documentaries out now because some of these uh, studies were done in the 50s through 90s and they were very unethical and they, the twins were adopted away on purpose into different families and not ever told that they had a twin and the families were not told that the baby they were adopting had an identical twin. And this was done for the purpose of these studies and for this body of research on nature versus nurture, which is obviously very unethical, but it does not mean that important uh, research wasn't done. It shouldn't have been done, of course. People should have known that they had a twin, right? But, you know, the the data stands. And so we know a lot from those twin studies and from other uh, studies of of babies and, and following them, longitudinal research, et cetera. So the point here is that there's something called the diathesis stress model of mental illness. And it means that if you have a genetic loading for a specific mental illness, illness, you are likelier to express that if you are in a stressful situation. So, um, for example, boot camp turns on the schizophrenia gene in a lot of men that had a a genetic loading for schizophrenia, and then they may not. That may not have ever happened, though. It may not have come out unless they had a major stressor. So there was a study uh, I read years ago about that. This was a lot of what we learned in, in grad school was the relative importance of nature versus nurture. So if you undergo an extremely stressful experience, you're likelier to express your your genes. Basically, are turned on. Like you have a dormant depressive um, uh, predisposition but then if you undergo a massive stress that it turns on so um, a trauma can turn on the depression gene or the anxiety gene or what have you so the reason that people who have supportive families and a great job and they're real attractive and wealthy like movie stars right Movie stars kill themselves. They have depression. Not all of them, obviously, some of them. And why people think that they are, uh, you know, living the dream? Because there are biological predispositions for depression. Depression is an illness. You do not have the right, you know, neurotransmitters going on. You don't have enough serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine uh, in the right balance in your brain. This is frequently due to genetics just coming from a depressed parent um, or, you know, to depressed parents then also most people are not adopted away they're raised by those same depressed parents and parents with depression don't parent as well as parents without depression and i could link you to things i've written about how depression impacts parenting it doesn't mean everybody with depression is a bad parent it just means that you are teaching usually um a more negative worldview, because that's what you have, you know, so that's why it's so important to get a help if you're a parent with depression. Both uh, therapy and medication can help. So it's nature and nurture, you're coming out with genes for depression, and then you're being parented by somebody with depression, who's then implicitly training you to view the world in a negative way and um also depressed parents they do less of certain important things when the child is in critical stages such as mirroring when the child is a baby if you feel very apathetic and down then when your baby laughs and smiles and chatters instead of laughing and smiling and making noises back you just don't do anything you know and um And that's upsetting to the baby and kind of doesn't show the baby that they have any agency in the world. It's like an example of the still face experiment, which is um, an analog of parental depression where the baby tries to talk and make noises and the parent is told not to respond at all and just have a still face for 60 seconds and this upsets the baby and they don't do this to be cruel but as um to show what it does when a child does not get a healthy level of parental responsivity and i could link you to the still face experiment to into um something on that but um the the point here is that you could have the best life in the world you're you could have a loving spouse you could have great kids you could be like rich whatever but if your um brain is has a genetic wiring for depression then you're going to be depressed. Also, hormonal changes. Many women have PMDD. That that is a genetic thing too, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. It's like no matter what they do, no matter how great their life is, they're going to feel like shit the week before their period. I just talked about this in a different podcast. Um, What about hormonal changes in menopause? That's pretty big. What about men with low testosterone? If their testosterone goes down, men end up depressed a lot of the time. Uh, It doesn't matter how wealthy and successful. They are. They will still be depressed if they have low testosterone. What about childhood trauma? You could have uh, really no loading for depression at all. But if you're abused throughout your childhood, that turns off certain uh, genes and turns on other ones. And then you're in a constant trauma, you know, induced state later on. You release more cortisol, the stress hormone, as a child, and it rewires your brain so that you're hypervigilant and anxious and depressed later in your life. Some of these um, issues can be ameliorated with treatment. Some of them are harder to address. So there are a million reasons that have nothing to do with your uh, external life. That um, show why you're depressed. And if you don't realize this, then you may blame things uh, on like your marriage or your job or uh, the fact that you're not the weight you want to be or whatever. But it's never just one thing, you know. It's usually a whole bunch of things. I mean, it doesn't like so a lot of people, they get divorced and they're like, oh, all my depression was due to my bad marriage. Now it's all going to be better. I mean, like, that never happens, really. Like, if you are somebody who struggles with depression, your depression is going to come back, you know? And at that point where it comes back, you're going to be like, oh, I guess it wasn't due to my marriage. Now, that doesn't mean your marriage wasn't bad. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't have divorced. But what it means is that there's usually not a one, uh, th- one variable magic bullet solution to depression. Depression is a multivariate, a deep-seated uh, illness, You know, just like getting into a better marriage isn't going to cure your diabetes. It's not going to cure your cancer. It's not going to cure your depression. You know, when women have atypical depression, they're more responsive to pleasurable events. uh, But eventually they go back to a baseline of depression. So, you know, in my situation, I have been divorced and then I remarried and I still struggle with depression. You know, it's nothing my husband did or didn't do. You know, it's it's how I am and there are ways to treat it there's certainly ways to try to keep yourself in a good place whether that's therapy medication exercise meditation looks different for everybody but it's never just like finding the right person or finding the right job or uh you know moving like people try to move they're like oh I'm just not happy because I live in a city I'm gonna live in the country well then guess what you're depressed in the country too if you don't see that it's a deeper issue and if it's unresolved childhood trauma you got to work on that in therapy you know it's really important to understand uh, that if you do not process and work through your unresolved childhood issues that that's going to keep and perpetuate your depression so there are a lot of causes of depression and there are a lot of reasons that people try to obviously think that there could be a magic bullet that's really a nice thing to think it's a fantasy though you know and it doesn't really help because then you're just going to keep on moving or changing jobs or changing spouses or something if you don't realize that the issue is more internal and uh, there's a book about meditation uh, wherever you go there you are I could link you to that and that really is a one sentence summary of why it doesn't work to try to just change your job and then everything's going to be better. I mean, certainly people could find careers that are better suited to them and so forth. But it's never just one reason why a person has clinical depression. You know, it's, it's usually nature and nurture combined with whatever stressors are, are being undergone in the moment. And even if there are no real stressors to speak of in a person's life, they can still suffer from the illness of depression, which is a brain illness, right? It, it is a brain illness, seasonal depression. PMDD, hormone-related depression, all of these things they just turn on sometimes you're okay 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 and then you're not and there wasn't really a trigger that's external it's hormonal biological seasonal i mean there could be so many reasons so hopefully this gave you a little bit of an understanding about this difficult topic to understand and um thank you so much for listening and listen to this one again you know and if there were things that you didn't understand write them down google them google more about depression, you could ask me too about different sorts of um, questions that you have when you listen to my podcast, things that you'd like me to expand on. But for now, I hope that this one gave you a little bit of a broader understanding about the confusing topic of why people with ostensibly great lives still suffer from depression.